0: There are two new names in the Cowboys' defensive coordinator search, and tonight we will break them down. One of them is Rex Ryan. That is right. Somehow, way, he is in the conversation. But there's also another one that is, you know, a little bit interesting. You know, we've got Marquand Manuel joining the conversation, and I think it's quite the intriguing wild card we'll talk about them both tonight we'll talk about the real reason why Rex Ryan doesn't make sense for the Cowboys and we will rank the defensive coordinators that we know are candidates by the Cowboys at least for now ladies and gentlemen let's get to it here we go What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy The show. Welcome everyone on a Wednesday night. It is a great night to talk some Cowboys football and really one that, hey, I could have planned a full episode for today, last night. I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't because this morning everything went out the window when Rex Ryan was reported to have interviewed with the Cowboys for their vacant defensive coordinator job. Now, that took a lot of people by surprise, including myself. I don't think anyone saw that one coming. And maybe we should have because, you know, the Cowboys are interviewing the graveyards, like like Mike Zimmer. They're interviewing Ron Rivera. And last year, Rex Ryan was actually pretty damn close to landing one of these jobs by the Denver Broncos. The Broncos opted for Vance Joseph at the end of the day. But they were considering Rex Ryan. And then early on in the season, you know, I was doing my research for this show uh, in the morning. And I wanted to maybe grow a little bit more aware of what was the situation with the Broncos last year. And there were rumors early on in the season that the Broncos might fire Vance Joseph halfway through the season. Not even halfway through the season, like a month or two months into the season at most. And then put Rex Ryan in his place. And then those rumors were immediately shot down by Adam Schefter, actually, on the Pat McAfee show. And there was a lot of conversations pertaining to Rex Ryan, even hating on the Broncos on live TV. Because obviously, he's not been coaching lately. Uh, He's been an ESPN analyst, basically, since he was fired by the Buffalo Bills after the 2016 season. So just... An interesting candidate, if you will, and a lot of controversy around his name because on the one hand, there's a pro-Rex Ryan argument and it's not difficult to put together. This is a coach that has led some legendary defenses in NFL history. He was the coach of those Baltimore Ravens of the 2000s, right? Defensive coordinator between 2005 and 2008 and all of those defenses allowed under Six yards per play, which is an insane mark even for those days, right? And moved on to the New York Jets. Had a whole lot of great defenses those years as well. I think all but one season, those Jets defenses ended up in the top 10 in scoring. So just a pretty good coach when he was out there. And then you talk about like what the Cowboys might need. And he does fit that bill of like a hard-nosed type coach physical, all of that. And for the Cowboys, of course, it checks what seems to be mostly like for most of these candidates, the lone box they need to check, which is a previous head coaching existence uh, experience. You've got that, then you've got a shot at the job is basically what the Cowboys seem to be suggesting with all these candidates. But yeah, I understand the argument for Rex Ryan, but I'm going to be honest with you. I have a lot of reasons why I don't like it. But there's one in particular that I think is a deal breaker for Dallas regarding Rex Ryan. I'm going to get to that in a minute here on the show. Before that, uh, let me say hi very quickly in the chat. Welcome, welcome, everyone. We've got Katharina on the show, Mark, Aaron. We've got Jay around here. Uh, Did you see they're going to interview Marco and Manuel? Yes, sir. We're going to talk about it uh, later on the show. You can see it here in the graphic. We're going to get to that, and it's going to be uh, definitely uh, a very intriguing and exciting conversation. Uh, I don't know much about Manuel, but I've 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 put some stuff together here that I want to say on on him. Uh, Mark Aaron is pointing out that he did play for the Packers and McCarthy. Gregory says, "I hope we don't get Rex. Something about him I just don't like. i never have," says Gregory, which is interesting. Uh, Daniel, what's up? Thank you for joining the show. We've got Joey Vella, and you know Gregory says, "I would pass. I would pass on Rex Ryan. I would pass too." And I'm going to tell you my reasoning as to why. First and foremost, is the fact that as of late, and by as of late, I mean the last few years that he was coaching, his defenses didn't really look that great as those from the Ravens' days and the early Jets' days, right? You look at what happened with the Buffalo Bills, his latest coaching stop, and when he arrived there, Buffalo had the second-best defense in the NFL per EPA per play and the number one pro success rate in the league. Then the two years that Rex Ryan was around coaching that team, that went down to 19th in EPA per play and 16th in success rate. The last two years that he was with the New York Jets, he was 20th in EPA per play, now granted 5th in success rate, which is... a a, a crazy difference to think about 20th in EPA per play, but fifth in success rate that tells you that they gave up a lot of big plays. And that was an issue maybe for the, for the late two years builds like the the two year Rex Ryan builds. Well, before he got there, sorry, I flipped these teams, excuse me, uh, the jets, sorry jets here before or the two years after he left for the Buffalo Bills job. Improved and became the fourth best defense in EPA per play and the second best defense per success rate. So, this is all to say he actually kind of made those defenses worse the last two teams that he had. And, you know, Jets, I'm only talking about 2012 to 2014. So, I want to like focus on those two years. And, granted, obviously, there was a lot of good stuff to say about the 2009 Jets, 10, 11, like. Those teams were pretty good defenses. And again, part of the reason why you could be intrigued in Rex Ryan. Now, that's not the real reason why I'm not into it. I'm going to get to that in a little bit here on the show. But one of the arguments that I've also seen for Rex Ryan has it on the evolution of defense. And although I get it, evolution of the NFL in general and how it pertains to defense. And, and with this, I'm in. Football is a cyclical game. I think everyone knows this, right? Like some, like some schemes come back with time and then they grow old because defenses catch up. So then offenses either innovate or they go back to something that worked before, right? Uh, we're giving you two high looks. Maybe you're going to run the football a little bit more, which is more or less where we are at right now in the NFL cycle, to put it one way but still i'm not sure if we are interpreting that cycle correctly like i believe people think that we're going to go back to 1950s football and i'm obviously exaggerating here but i don't think we're going to get to a point where the run game is king like it like passing was in 2018 2019 i don't think we're going to get to that full inverse world of football i don't think it's gonna happen and one example that i've got for you is how frequently the championship teams actually passed the ball in 2023 for all the conversation about the running game making a comeback and all that 2 a point it is true but it's not like you're not gonna have to defend the pass primarily anymore in the nfl that's gonna still be the priority because kansas passed at the second highest rate in the nfl Baltimore, the seventh, right? Talking about the conference championship teams. San Francisco was the lowest at 14th. And I can guarantee you, if they had another different roster, like a different setup of the roster, maybe they would throw the football a little bit more often. Detroit was a lone exception, right? They were all the way down at 25th in pass frequency in 2023. And with this, I mean, neutral situation, early down, all that. But the difference and the thing about the Lions is that although they were 25th in pass rate, they were actually the fourth best passing defense in these situations, uh, passing offense, excuse me, in these situations. So they were extremely efficient uh, passing the ball. So this is my way of saying, like, I don't, I don't get, or I I get it, but I don't buy into the idea that just because the run game is making a comeback, then bringing somebody That hasn't coached for seven years will work out. That's a big but for me. Talking about somebody that the last time that he coached in the NFL, Tony Romo was on the Cowboys roster. Dak Prescott was on his rookie deal and so was Ezekiel Elliott. Jason Garrett was around. Scott Linehan was calling plays for the Cowboys. I don't... I think we've seen a lot of things happen... Between 2017 and 2023, that I'm not sure Rex Ryan will know how to handle. He might. Hey, he might. I was a he was a great defensive mind when he was with the Baltimore Ravens, when he was with the New York Jets. But at the end of the day, he's been out of this league for a long time. And in those years, the Cal Chenahan offense has Really, really taking over the NFL. Now, not saying that the elements of Kyle Shanahan's offense are new or that there's something that Rex Ryan wouldn't know. He would, but maybe not all of the details that surround the Shanahan offense these days. The motions, the shifts, all of that. I'm just not sure that I want to find out if Rex Ryan can adapt to himself after seven seasons out. Of this game. I understand the arguments about the physicality and all that. I fully understand that. But now let's get to the real reason. The one that I promised you in the title of this video. And in the first few seconds. The real reason why I don't think Rex Ryan makes sense for Dallas. And this is something that is coming directly. From players of the Buffalo Bills. That played under Rex Ryan. And that were not happy at all with some of the things that Rex Ryan was up to. Now, this is not about him being too tough on players or him being too hard-nosed on them. This is more about the complexity of the defense of Rex Ryan. Let me show you a quote, and I'm going to read you a couple more too. But this is from Marcel Darius. This is a defensive lineman that the Bills paid $100 million to. right? And he was talking about the complexity of his defense. And he was saying... It was just too much detail for a lot of guys. This is close to the end of the 2016 season. And I feel like for a lot of guys, it was too much going on for them to check here and check there. If this happens and that happens, then nine times out of 10, a team will throw something out there that we weren't prepared for. And then the adjustment to it, we had to get used to and try to make it happen and make plays. Now, that might not sound like much, right? Might not sound like much, but let me read you this paragraph here. From This is from an around the NFL article that was published back in 2016. And I thought this was interesting. Darius won't be the first or last player associated with Ryan's scheme to accuse him of being complicated. Ryan had his most success in, in 2009 and 20, 2010, excuse me, a time where he loaded up the defense with heady veterans who were already accustomed to the terminology. Linebacker Barrett Scott and safety Jim Leonard were brought in to pilot the scheme and translate its complexities. Veterans like former Raven Trevor Price and all-time great Jason Taylor followed suit. His best defensive players had a graduate degree in Rexology or in the case of someone like Daryl Rivas, they were asked to do something specific like match up on the other team's uh, wide receiver. That's from around the NFL. Now there's another article here This is from 2015, where it quotes Preston Brown, who was a second-year linebacker that season, and he played 98% of the snaps. So we're not talking about somebody who is pissed off because he wasn't playing. Preston Brown straight up said, it's so much thinking involved with it. A lot of guys have never been a part of it. It's definitely been difficult at times when they let us play. You can see when we can be one of the best defenses in the league. And then veteran linebacker Monty Lawson, Added that, hey, we have to understand that even though Rex is a defensive guru, that's a lot That's a lot at one time. With these guys here, there's a lot of talent. So a lot of guys here were thrown into situations that they weren't accustomed to and had a big playbook thrown at them. Now, not, I'm not saying that complicated defenses are bad. Because actually, most of the best defenses that you see today in college football and in the NFL... Have a lot of complexities, right? Nick Saban and Vama, they had a lot of communication that has to go on for it to work. The Ravens with Mike McDonald, the same. Uh, Big Fangio with his defenses. There's a lot of communication involved, right? Because there are checks and it's match pattern defense. So you're not playing zone, you're playing man. You're playing if and then defense. If he goes vertical, I've got him. I've got him outside and deep. I've got him, if I've got the final number two. I've got the final number three and I got to, Say, push, push to my teammate on on my side, right? You got to go through all that, and I understand it. But for a Cowboys team in specific that is trying to go all in, that is trying to work with what it's got, does a Rex Ryan defense work year one? And I'm sorry, but if that's the mentality, if that's the true mindset of the Cowboys, and in a lot of ways, it might not. But related to what they're doing coaching-wise, it definitely feels like a one-year project. I'm not sure I want to see Rex Ryan trying to walk in here and, and and run a complicated defense that the players are not going to be used to. And that is also a defense that we don't know if it's going to work after seven seasons of not seeing the thing. Rex Ryan has not been like, you know, the busiest man in the world, but he's been out there on ESPN. He hasn't been coaching. I'm not a fan of it. I am not a fan of it. I know Rex, I know Mike Zimmer hasn't coached since 2021, but he consulted with Jackson State in 2022. And 2021, it's not, it's not uh, 2016. There's a big difference there in years. So all story, you know, long story short, here's what I would say. I think Rex Ryan has coached great defenses, but I think he's far from a guarantee that he'll give you that. And you look at the last years of his Buffalo tenure and his New York tenure, and you can see A, those weren't the great defenses that many people remember. Number two, he hasn't coached since 2016. And again, going back to number one, the last two years that he did coach, you did not see great defense there. I understand it's different jobs though. Head of coach and defensive coordinator. So maybe you could argue for some leeway in there. Number three, it's a complicated scheme that I don't know I want to try if I'm talking about needing success in year one. If you were talking about, hey, we're going to start anew and we're going to build a three-year, five-year type project, you want to bring in Rex Ryan and try to have a 61-year-old head coach Go at it again. And I know we've seen a lot of old defensive coordinators. Now, sorry, I don't mean old, old. I just mean like, you know, old for (laughs) a coaching context, at least. Uh, There's been a lot of old defensive coordinators that have worked out. So maybe Rex Ryan could work out, but him being inactive all those years, man, it's kind of what, what doesn't get me to buy into the Rex Ryan thing at all. Uh, But again, Again, if they were to... Hey, you know what? We're going to we're gonna roll the dice and we're going to do it anyways. And we're talking about a three-year type project. Hey, maybe. Because all of this Rexology, it might make sense down the road with players who learn the system. But if the players that last played under Rex Ryan are complaining about how complicated it was, I'm not sure I trust the Cowboys to get it all together for year one and go with this change. Now... That's all for my concerns, though. I will say that I'm not concerned about I'm not concerned about uh, him being a four three coach or this or that or the other. I know a lot of people have made this argument already, but in today's NFL, it doesn't matter as long as you've got the personnel. And I do think that hey, if Massey wait, if if Massey wait, <laughs> Massey's Smith re- regained some weight, he can play nose tackle, which will give you the versatility that you need. Uh, you could also bring back Jonathan Hankins. You got to get linebackers. Whatever scheme you choose to play, you got to get linebackers. Uh, but personnel-wise, you can, you can live in both worlds, obviously. So that's about where my concerns end with Rex Ryan. But I think they are pretty significant ones. And as they would say in Shark Tank, for that reason, I am, I am just out. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, about this. And, and we're, I'm, I'm interested, interested in reading your thoughts. Right And Alec Kareem says defense isn't supposed to be simple. You are supposed to communicate. And please, by by no means, I'm saying don't communicate on defense. Of course, you got to do it. But these are good players complaining about that aspect of the Rex Ryan defense. And again, if you were going to give it time to really settle in, all right, go for it. Some of the best defenses, as I said, have a lot of communication going on in them. But if we're talking about year one success in an all-in type year, I'm not sure this works. I'm just not sure it does. Now, Judas Redemption here says, it's more about Rex Ryan's mentality for me. He's exactly what this defense needs. He breeds physicality. And hey, that's that's a fair argument. And I think it's one of the biggest things that Rex Ryan has going for him. So. I understand that part of it for sure. Judah Judas says, oh, I'm out on Simmer though. I want Rex Ryan. So we're a little bit on the opposite sides here, which is fair, obviously. Um, Rex or Simmer would have no staff to tap, says Troy Dudley. Jerry only doing these interviews, says uh, Rank to show. So, so shows keep talking about us. Sorry. They already know who they're hiring. They're just waiting till Saturday or Super Bowl to announce it. And hey, it might it might be the case, right? It might be the case. You never know. They might already know who they are going with. I know uh, you gotta still make Mike Zimmer the favorite. Uh, Skywalker Steele talked about a lot uh, about that a lot today. Uh, mentioned Ron Rivera and Mike Zimmer as a de facto finalists, and he's definitely to something, right? Like, and you look at the logic behind who the front office could be pushing, and it makes sense that it's. Mike Simmer, right? So I think he's still the favorite in that sense based on what Sky has said and other people have said. I have mentioned the David Moore story on backing Mike Simmer as a coach and David Moore is always a big clue to go off on. I know Michael Lombardi talked to 105.3, the fan, and, and, and suggested that Wink Martindale could be involved in an interview, but we haven't heard about any interview. We know that he's interviewing for the Michigan Wolverine's defensive coordinator job. We heard that today, so Martindale is not really a candidate as of right now. And I'm just just thinking about who the finalists could be. And it looks like Simran Rivera might be it. But how about Aiden Doherty though? Could also be it. Cowboys' defensive line coach. And we're gonna talk about all of them when we rank them at the end of the show. Uh, in the meantime, though, let me bring up the other candidate that maybe. We didn't see coming, right? We're talking about these dinosaur defensive coordinators, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but we're talking about like Rex Ryan, Ron Rivera, Mike Seymour, like a very specific profile of defensive coordinator candidates. And then out of nowhere, we hear a report about, hey, Mark Marquand Manuel is also going to be interviewing for the job. And I can guarantee you a lot of people were, were like, Wait, who? Because you're not talking about a former defensive coordinator. You're not. Well, you are talking about a former defensive coordinator, actually, because he was for the Falcons. Uh, But you're not talking about a former head coach. You're not talking about somebody who's over 60 years old. You're talking about a different type of profile. And a lot of people have wondered, what do we make out of Mark Quant Manuel? I've got some thoughts on it. Uh, Just quick background on him. He's been gaining interest for two solid years now. Uh, He's actually also interviewing for the Jacksonville Jaguars DC job. I'm not sure if they have already assigned somebody to that job, so I might be missing something there. But at least he did interview for the Jaguars DC position. In 2023, he interviewed for both the Carolina Panthers as a defensive coordinator. And there were some saying on Twitter that last year, that he could have had a role in D'Amico Ryan's coaching staff. So Manuel is somebody that's got some buzz about him. So just right off the bat, it's fair to say, you could get excited about somebody like Mark and Manuel. Now you look at his coaching history, and there's a lot of valuable experience there. This guy was part of a Doug Peterson coaching staff in 2020. And I know, you know, things were about to blow up by then with the Eagles and everything, but he was part of a Doc Peterson coaching staff. He's a player that played safety for a long time in the NFL and for multiple teams. But mostly you go to his coaching history in the more in the more you know 2010 type years. And between 2012 and 14, he was a coach for the Seattle Seahawks. And that includes uh one year of Gus Bradley and then two years or three years, uh two years. 13 and 14 under Dan Quinn, right? So there's some familiarity with Dan Quinn right out the gate. And he followed Quinn actually to be secondary coach for the Atlanta Falcons. And then between 2017 and 2018, he actually becomes defensive coordinator for the Falcons. So there's some there's some experience there and some familiarity with the Dan Quinn scheme that if the Cowboys want to say to Mark Marquette Manuel, hey, we want to do this and that on this defense, Manuel could make that transition happen, right? And maybe they later let him do what he wants to do, right? Because if you're an assistant coach under a defensive coordinator, sure, you might be influenced by what that coach wants to do. But at the end of the day, you have your own coaching philosophy, Right. Jared Mayo is not going to be calling the same type defenses that Bill Belichick coaching staffs called, even though he comes from that coaching three and all that. Uh, Jared Mayo is going to be a totally different coach than Bill Belichick over with the New England Patriots. So we could see a different version there of Marquand Emmanuel uh, if he does take over, but there's some overlap with the language, with the philosophy that could make this transition a very easy one if the Cowboys do go the manual route. Uh, he was also with the Jets as safety's coach in the last few years, the last three seasons, actually, he spent with the New York Jets. And if there's something that you could like about that is specifically him working on the Robert Salah. Hey, Robert Salah was part of that 2012 is it the, the famous Shanahan coaching staff in Washington. Now he's a defensive guy, so it's different. I understand that. But he was a part of that intense junk staff that has this way of doing things. So, hey, maybe some some of that rubbed off on, on on Manuel. Excited about that too, basically. But hey, I've got, I asked around to some people that have covered the Jets and the Falcons a little bit more closely. And here's what I've got. Uh, somebody told me that he didn't really know much about him as, a, as far as his coaching philosophy goes. But he did say, I know he's liked and respected, and Austin Davis and Tony Adams made strides this year at the safety position. And then somebody who was more familiar with the Falcons' years, he's a solid secondary coach for sure. I'm surprised Queen fired him because Queen is a big second-chance guy, and they had tons of injuries in 2018. But I forgot it caused a lot of uproar when Atlanta didn't make the playoffs after back-to-back appearances. So people were like, hey, man, what about him or that, right? So interesting, interesting stuff. I think says Cam that we he would be good at cornerback coach only, but I'm not sure if he's talking about somebody else though or uh Mark Manuel, though. Uh so because there's a lot of comments there that I might have missed. Chris says Rex crazy as hell. Robbie says no Rex Ryan, he's too old. Get Bravel instead. And today on the morning show, uh Sky suggested that hey, uh Mike Ravel actually was interested in talking, but the Cowboys were like, nah. uh. Nope. Harris said he wasn't ready just yet Says camp. Oh, so I think he's talking about Harris. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, I think he would be good at cornerback coach only. Yeah. Uh, multiple reporters have now said that, hey, Cowboys are not interviewing Al Harris, which is interesting. Uh, maybe we all just got carried away by what he did with Deion Bland, what he did with Trayvon Diggs. And we thought, hey, he could step up as D.C., does not seem to have been a, a real consideration, though, for the Cowboys, nor Harris himself, from what we've heard so far, right? I'm sure Gary will be at the awards show that's tomorrow night. That's tomorrow night, uh, Mark. NFL honors her tomorrow night. That makes sense. Thursday night, I guess. Ray Lewis learned it, says Judah's redemption regarding Rex Ryan's uh, scheme. There's a lot to say about Rex Ryan. And, and hey. I've said my piece. I'm really not into it. Um, I, I would just much rather give it to Mike Zimmer. Like if we're going down that route, I would much rather give it to Mike Zimmer. I am more worried than than most, maybe, about the seven seasons of Rex Ryan not being around and and what I said about the terminology and all that. Uh, it would be quite a hurdle for a team that is trying to win it all in 2024. Now, to be honest, and, and I do understand that. The all-in philosophy and the all-in narrative. It's tough to buy into it. And and I don't think that we're gonna buy or not buy into it in February. I think that's gonna be known in March when free agency comes around. And we're waiting to see who do they sign. Because if you're going all in, you better sign some big names. You know, not bargain bin, shopping, not n- none of that. You gotta bring in A top linebacker, maybe a top defensive tackle. You got to load up on players if you are going to claim that you're going all in. That being said, though, the coaches that they're looking at also could claim a little bit of an all in because they're looking at guys with experience because maybe they don't want to experiment in 2024. Maybe they want somebody that, hey, we know you've done it before and that's fine by us. We're going to make this work. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, so far, we know of five candidates, six, no, five candidates that they have interviewed. Six, in, if you include Joe Witt Jr., but they actually didn't interview because because he he left before they got a chance to do it, I guess. So we've got five candidates now that we know of, which are, and I'm going to say them in what I think is going to be reverse order of, of, or in order of what, how we learned about them. Obviously, the in-house guys uh, right away. So Aiden Doherty. And then we heard about Ron Rivera, I guess. And then Mike Simmer. And then Rex Ryan and Mark Quint and Mark and Manuel. So let me know in the chat. Who's your top option at this point out of those? Out of those only. Because you know I would say Wink, Martindale, because I think that would be fun as heck. But we're not talking about the guys that are not being considered for the job. We're talking about, hey, who's your guy for defensive coordinator out of the ones that we've heard about? So out of Simmer, out of Rivera, all of those guys. Let me know in the chat who you're picking if you're the Cowboys. Gregory says Simmer man. Lucky Gardenia says, hey, Simmer. Mike Simmer for Katharina. Ravi, maybe not his preference, but his prediction, it seems, they will end up with Simmer. Mark Aaron says Simmer is a hard-ass. That's what we need. Plus, he knows what it's like to be a Dallas Cowboy. He's been here before. Between 2000 and 2006, he was defensive coordinator of this team. Chris Graham says they interviewed someone from the Jets who used to coach under Queen in Atlanta. That's Mark Quinn Manuel. Chris, we talked about him, and we had some stuff to share on that. In case you want to go back and watch that, Cam says Simmer. And I got to tell you, man, my 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 rankings at number one. At number one, I've got Mike Simmer. Now, on Sunday, I had a 45-minute show talking about the reasons why I believe Mike Simmer should be the man. And most of that is about him being super aggressive, but also him mixing in some split field coverages. And maybe opening the door for the Cowboys to use more quarters coverage, cover two, which are all naturally better to face motions and shifts. So kind of like the Simmer idea. And I've gotten around it pretty pretty hard. So, hey, I'm all for Mike Simmer. Chris Graham says, hey, Sexy Rex is his pick. Now, at number two, and this is where it might get a little bit more controversial for me. But at number two, I've got Aiden Doherty. I'm willing to roll the dice. Screw it. Let's roll the dice in one of these young coaches. He's somebody that's coached uh, Micah Parsons for quite a few years now. He's somebody that is familiar with the pressure pads that Dan Quinn installed. He's somebody that I believe could give you a, a unique edge, and it might be a little bit of a risk, but I would like a little bit of a risk if I'm being honest with you. So Aiden Dorothy and, you know, smooth transition to defense right away and let's see who he is as a play caller. So I'm going to go with Aiden Dorothy at number 2. And this is when it's going to get crazier, so you better buckle up. But at number 3, and this is more this is more to do with the bottom guys that it does with the guy that I'm about to mention here. But yeah, Mark Quint Manuel. Man, I I also rolled the dice with him. <laughs> and this is cuz I'm not that interested in Ron Rivera and Rex Ryan. I'm just going to be honest, right? Ron Rivera, a long time, We've uh, similar to Rex Ryan, I'm not sure when was the last time he ran a defense. Like, only ran a defense, right? Or even as a head coach, when was it his primary focus? Uh, it was a long time ago, I can say that. So I'm just not sure about that. And then my my bottom two, and I've got them tied here, but I guess I'd go Rivera and Rex Ryan. But they're at the bottom of the list for me. I'm not not really interested in those two, I'll be honest with you. Rivera and Ryan are at the bottom of my list. And yes, they were great defensive minds at some point in their careers. I'm just not that interested in finding out if they're up to the times in NFL football. I'm just, hey, not that interested. How about Jimmy Johnson? Can I interest anybody in Jimmy Johnson? <laughs> hey, head of coaching experience? Check. Old as heck. Hey, check. Getting around here obviously not but a hey. uh, Robbie says Rex is full of crap Chris is really I'm, t- I'm, I'm torn between Sim and Rex and Cam says Rex is, a, is weak like Rivera so there you go there's going to be a lot of controversy here over the next few days hopefully we find out soon I would love to find out tomorrow so that way Thursday night show we can talk about whoever is defensive coordinator and then we can focus on that moving forward uh, but hey In the meantime, though, let's wait it out. Let's see what happens. That is my ranking. Simmer, Doherty, Manuel, Rivera, and Ryan, whichever order those last two, I don't care really. Uh, Sky, on the morning show, he speculated a little bit about, you know, what could be the reason why Mike wants Rivera over Mike Simmer, who the front office seems to want. And he made a great point saying and pointing out like, hey, Rivera might not be that much of a threat because he just was head coach, right? It's a little bit different than with Mike Zimmer, who last was a head of coach in 2021. It's different than Ron Rivera just being fired at 2023 20, years old. And like, if that is the reasoning, and I know it's speculation, but if that is indeed the actual truth of the matter, it should tell you enough about Rivera, right? Like you shouldn't want Rivera at all. Actually, not surprised at the fact that nobody said Ron on today's show. Didn't see one comment rooting for Ron Rivera. Not when I asked you about it. Not when the show started. So I don't think he's got a lot of fans here among the primetime audience. And I don't blame you for that. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show at ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Remember, we are live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. Hit the like button for me if you enjoyed the show, and I'll see you tomorrow. Same time. Have a great Wednesday night. Bye-bye.